Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Nicole Harger. Happy New Year, Nicole. Happy New Year, 2024. <laughs> I know. So we're kicking off the new year with two key updates related to the SEC for 2024. The first is a follow-up from previous conversations we've had around the recent share repurchase rule issued by the SEC. On December 19th of last year, the SEC's final rule regarding share repurchase disclosures originally aimed at modernizing and improving the Commission's disclosure standards concerning a company's share repurchase activities was invalidated by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. The court initially deemed the rule flawed on October 31st and provided the SEC with a 30-day window to rectify the shortcomings. However, the court rejected the SEC's plea for an extension of this 30-day time frame on November 26th. In its ruling on the annulment of the rule, the court declared that the SEC acted arbitrarily and without due consideration violating the Administrative Procedure Act, as it did not address petitioners' comments adequately and failed to conduct a comprehensive cost-benefit analysis. Also, on the SEC front, the Division of Corporation Finance, or CorpFIN, released a statement regarding another recent SEC rule, the Cybersecurity Disclosure Rule on Cybersecurity Incidents and Risk Management. This statement was intended to underscore the changes the Commission made from the original SEC proposal on cybersecurity, highlight significant parts of the rationale and mechanics of these rules, and clear up any potential misconceptions as companies look to comply with the rules for the first time in their current filings. In the statement, CorpFIN emphasized that the rules aim to provide investors with timely and consistent information about cybersecurity risks. They also clarified that the disclosure requirements do not prescribe specific cybersecurity practices but rather focus on material incidents and risk management strategies. As part of this new rule, they highlighted a key provision allowing for delayed reporting in cases that pose substantial risks to national security or public safety, following notification by the Attorney General. In summarizing their statement, CorpFIN encouraged open communication and cooperation between public companies and regulatory authorities to ensure compliance with the new rules because the merits of the rule is really to inform investors by providing tailored and meaningful information about emerging cybersecurity risks. And moving on, also during the holiday break, the FASB snuck in two new accounting standards just before year-end. The first, ASU 2023-09, surrounding improvements to income tax disclosures in three different areas. The first, companies will be required to have consistent categories and greater disaggregation of information in the rate reconciliation disclosure. Second, companies are required to disclose on an annual basis the amount of income taxes paid, disaggregated by federal, state, and foreign taxes, and the amount of income taxes paid disaggregated by individual jurisdictions in which income taxes paid is equal to or greater than 5% of total income taxes paid. And lastly, in that update, all companies will now be required to disclose income or loss from continuing operations before income tax expense 
disaggregated between domestic and foreign jurisdictions, as well as income tax expense from continuing operations by federal, state, and foreign jurisdictions. The standard also eliminated two previous requirements. First, companies are no longer required to disclose the nature and estimate of the range of the reasonably possible change in the unrecognized tax benefits balance in the next 12 months or two, make a statement that an estimate of the range cannot be made. Second, companies are no longer required to disclose the cumulative amount of each type of temporary difference when a deferred tax liability is not recognized because of the exceptions to comprehensive recognition of deferred taxes related to subsidiaries and corporate joint ventures. The new standard is effective for public companies with calendar year ends beginning in 2025 and for all other entities with calendar year ends beginning in 2026. Early adoption is permitted. And the second new accounting standard that the FASB put forth, ASU 2023-10, Accounting for and Disclosure of Crypto Assets, also came at the end of the year. FASB Chair Richard Jones stated the new standard provides investors and other capital allocators with more relevant information that better reflects the underlying economics of certain crypto assets and an entity's financial position while reducing cost and complexity associated with applying the current accounting for crypto assets. The amendments in the ASU improve the accounting for certain crypto assets by requiring an entity to measure those crypto assets at fair value each reporting period with changes in fair value recognized in net income. The amendments also improve the information provided to investors about an entity's crypto asset holdings by requiring disclosure about significant holdings, contractual sale restrictions, and changes during the reporting period. It's important to note the amendments in the ASU apply to all assets that meet all of the following criteria. First, it must meet the definition of an intangible asset as defined by the FASB. Um, it cannot provide the asset holder with enforceable rights to or claims on underlying goods, services, or other assets. Third, they are created or reside on a distributed ledger based on blockchain or similar technology. They are secured through cryptography, are fungible, and are not created or issued by the reporting entity or its related parties. The amendments in this ASU are effective for all entities for fiscal years beginning after December 15, 2024, including interim periods within those fiscal years. Early adoption is permitted. And rounding us out for the week on the sustainability front, in December, EU lawmakers reached a provisional agreement on the European Union's proposed Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive, or CSDDD. The directive outlines rules for large businesses requiring them to assess and address adverse human rights and environmental impacts in their value chains. The agreement sets out obligations for companies to identify, assess, prevent, mitigate, address, and remedy impacts on people and the planet. The rules will apply to EU companies with more than 500 employees and over 150 million in euros in global revenues, as well as non-EU companies with over 300 million euros in net revenue generated in the EU. The directive mandates the integration of due diligence on impacts into company policies and risk management systems. Additionally, affected companies are required to adopt climate transition plans aligned with the Paris Agreement goal to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Financial service providers are temporarily excluded from most CSDDD requirements, 
with a review clause for possible future inclusion. The directive also establishes a system of supervision and sanctions with member states setting up supervisory authorities to monitor compliance and impose penalties, including fines up to 5% of annual global revenue. While sustainability focus groups welcomed the agreement, concerns were raised about the exclusion of the financial sector from certain obligations. The CSDDD does require formal approval by the EU Council and Parliament before entering into force. And that rounds us out for this week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcast on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Nicole Harger. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.